Jesus, we cry out to you this morning. Lord, we sing to you and we praise you and we worship you and we welcome your spirit in this place. Lord, change us. Make us something new. Make us something more. Change us from the inside out that we might reflect your glory and goodness and grace that you would love us and we therefore would love others. Move in us this morning to become more fully the people you call us and invite us to be. Lord, inspire us to be the children, to be the people who make a difference in this world for the sake of your kingdom and for your name. Gladden our hearts with your presence this morning, we ask and pray, O God, in Jesus, your precious and holy name. Amen. Why don't you have a seat this morning and watch the screens. Dude, I know you can get those type of videos on your phone. Totally. I don't know what I did before this. It's better hope your wife never finds out. It's not a big deal. Besides, she's been kind of not fun lately. Look, she's not going to find out. It doesn't matter as long as it doesn't hurt anyone. Are you serious? God never said that. Sorry, is this hurting you? <laughs> All right. Well, we continue with our series. God never said that. I'm loving this series. I'm loving these videos. I think they're a lot of fun. It's been great diving into God's Word with you over the last couple of weeks, and today we continue to do that, diving in and looking uh, this morning as uh, this phrase, this idea, you might have bumped into it before, it's okay, uh, it's all right, you can do what you want to do, you can live the way you want to live, you, you can do whatever you want as long as no one gets hurt. You've ever bumped into this before? As long as no one gets hurt. And so that's what we're going to be looking at today, and to do that, we are going to be looking at uh, not just one particular uh, 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 Bible verse or, or a particular chunk, we are going to be taking a big picture view of the entire book of Judges, the entire book of Judges. Uh, the book of Judges is a book in the Old Testament. That means it's in the front half of the Bible. It comes early on. And the book of Judges is this fascinating time in history where God has come to God's people and, and he interacts with them. And there's a ton that we can learn from the book of Judges as, as a big picture. The book of Judges is filled with all of these stories. But when you zoom out and you look at the whole book, it's fascinating. Let's take a look uh, at what we're going to see. Simply put, uh, to give you an idea, a little context for you in the book of Judges... At this point in time, when we look at the beginning of the book of Judges, the book of Judges is a time where God has come to a specific set of people, Israel, and he says, I am going to, I'm going to make you mine. I'm going to ask you to live a certain way. I'm going to ask you to behave and live in this, in this way that honors me and that reflects 
who I am among all the other people that live around you. And so I want you to live and behave and, and aspire to be this people that reflects my own goodness in life. And so I, I give you, I promise to be your God. I promise to be with you. And I'm going to ask you to, to obey like the Ten Commandments. You've heard of the Ten Commandments before. God gives the Ten Commandments and a bunch of other things that says, look, if you want to be my people, this is the way I'm going to ask you to honor me by living and behaving in a God-honoring way, following these rules and these ideas. And so God comes to them, he rescues them, and he says, he puts, puts this, uh, these rules, these ideas, these laws, and says, this is how I'd like you to live. And when he does that, he places them in what is current-day Israel. He, he brings them to current-day Israel. You can find it on a map. And at that time, there are a bunch of other tribes and, and warring nations all around Israel. Israel itself is made up of 12 different tribes, 12 different tribes, kind of a loose confederacy, a bunch of little city-states that all interact. They're part of the same nation, but, you could, but they're each operating uh, independently. Okay? It's a loose confederation, the 12 tribes of Israel. You might have heard that before, the 12 tribes of Israel. Well, what happens is these 12 tribes are feeling pretty good. You see, God has brought them to this Israel, and he's, he's, he's given them land, and now he's given them protection. And so things are going really great with these 12 tribes. They're living really awesome. This is pretty cool. This is pretty comfortable. And they get to a place in time where they get pretty comfortable with their lifestyle, and they're like, hey, you know what? I'm not so sure we even need God anymore. I'm not so sure we even need to live the way he wants us to live anymore because we're so set up. Things are good, you know? We're, we're feeling pretty good about all this. And so they begin to abandon in God and abandon what God had said. This is the way that I want you to live. And, and God, well, what do you think? I mean, it, does God like this? Is God happy about this? No, not so much. What happens is they begin to abandon God and the way God asks them to behave and live. And instead they say, you know what? I'm going to do whatever I want. I'm going to live however I want to live. I'm going to behave however I want to behave. I'm going to make my own choices. I want to be free to do whatever it is that I want to do. And I think you could probably put on there, they were, they were not quite, <laughs> maybe it's America specifically, they did not quite even put the tag, they didn't even put the tagline as long as no one gets hurt. Uh, what happens is that violence erupts, uh, pain and suffering starts popping up all over the place, and it gets really nasty really fast. Let's look a couple verses for you. In early on in chapter 2, the Israelites, these are God's people, they abandon the Lord. They say, forget about God, forget about the way he wants us to live, forget about what he's asking of us. Let's abandon God, the God of their ancestors who had brought them out of the land of Egypt. So, the anger of the Lord was kindled against Israel. Not so happy about this. And so what God does is he gives them over to plunderers who plundered them. And he sold them into the power of their enemies. So that all around that they, they, they could not withstand their enemies. So you have these 12 tribes and you have all these other surrounding nations. Well, God simply looks at this and says, look, if you're going to behave like those nations... You want to live like those people? You want to live in a way that doesn't reflect me? You want to behave and live like the other people around you? You know what? I'll let them come in. You want to so be like them, I will give 
you, I'm going to give control of you over to them because you want to be like them anyways. And so that's what God does. He gives control of Israel over to these other plunderers, these other nations, and all of a sudden you have foreign powers who come in and have control. And this is what you begin, this is, this is what happens throughout the book of Judges. It's, these, it's this tension between these foreign powers who come in and God's people. Now what God does is God doesn't just leave them hanging. He raises up specific people called judges. Now when you think of a judge, I think of the little hammer thing, right? What's the little hammer thing called? Gavel, right? Yeah, I picture the little gavel. Okay, this is not what, what the book is talking about. When you hear the word judge in this context, it's very different. A judge is someone who speaks for God, who has God at the center of their heart and being. They're a lot like a prophet is another word that's often used in the Bible, if you're familiar with that word. Uh, But they have military insight. Judges are often considered generals. Uh, Not always, but often they have a military presence and strategic insight along with God's favor and uh, God's direction. Okay, So what God does is he raises up judges. Whenever the Lord raises up a judge for the people, the Lord was with this military general, this judge, and he delivers the tribes from the hand of their enemies all the days that the judge is alive. For the Lord would be moved to pity by the groaning, by, by, the, by his nation, by Israel, crying out, saying, Boy, this stinks. A foreign governor is the one who's telling us what, what to do and who we should, you know, we have to pay taxes, and this is terrible, God. God, save us. God raises up the judge because of those who persecuted and oppressed them. And so this goes on. Whenever the judge dies, the people of Israel would relapse and behave worse than their ancestors, following other gods, worshiping them, and bowing down to them. They would not drop any of their stubborn practices, their foolish ways. Basically, they go back to behaving in an unhealthy way. The book of Judges, over and over and over and over again, is this continual cycle Every story that you find in the book of the Judges follows this specific pattern. You get comfy, you get satisfied, you're feeling pretty good, and so you say, you know what, God, forget it. I'm going to live the way I want to live. I want to I make my own choices. I want to be free to do whatever I want, so I behave however I want. And, and, and God looks at that and says, boy, that is tough. That's not so good. And in doing that, you're inviting pain. You're inviting hurt into your life. You're asking for chaos. And so what God does is he lets chaos in. God lets chaos in, and it gets to be a disaster. Things go bad. You have a foreign power who is controlling and taxing and taking away your sons and your daughters. And so you cry out to God, God, save us, God, deliver us, and that's what God does. God shows up, he raises up the judge, and the judge delivers the people. He fights off, they throw off the yoke of oppression. And it's this cycle over and over and over again. And if you go actually to the very, the very end of the book of Judges, you go to the very end. It gets worse, by the way, as it goes on. 
Like, if it's possible for the, 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 the cycle to get worse and worse, it does. By the end of the book of Judges, this is how the book of Judges finishes. I love this. You're used to, like, these happy moments, right? You hope that the Bible inspires. This is like a downer. No joke. Read this. In those days, there was no king in Israel. All the people did what was right in their own eyes. Wah, wah. And it really summarizes the entire book in a single verse. See, you see, in that, in that day and time, because there's a loose confederation, there is no singular authority. There is no kingly figure. Who is supposed to be king for the Israelites? Any guesses? God. You see, God is supposed to be king. God is supposed to be king over these 12 tribes, and so he allows them to have some autonomy. And in doing so, they say, forget it. We're not going to live the way God wants us to live, and we are going to do whatever it is that we feel is right in our own eyes. We're going to behave and live the way that we want to, and they become their own moral compass. I mean, things get so bad during this. The last, the last three chapters of Judges, if you want some, some homework, here you go. Read the last couple chapters of Judges. This is, this, it gets to that point where people come up to me as a pastor, and, and this is one of the ones you hope they never ask about. This, this is that kind of story. Because it's so trippy, weird, bad stuff happens. One tribe ends up, uh, basically, there's this argument, I'll summarize it. There's this argument that goes on, and, and people get mad at each other, and, and, and genocide happens as brother kills brother. And all 11 of the tribes get around one particular tribe and wipe it out. One of their brothers and sisters, their, their own people. The 11 gang up on one that they're mad at. They kill every man, woman, and child, and donkey. They commit genocide against their own people. How messed up is that? And then, and then <laughs> it's to get really bad. They realize that there's a couple hundred hiding out in a cave nearby. And they're like, well, good. I guess we didn't kill all of them. We should rethink this plan. We should, we should repopulate them. So one tribe steals the daughters of another tribe and says, here, have some wives so that you can replenish and we'll bring back your tribe. I mean, how messed up and icky and chaotic and painful is that? And it's because the people of Israel took it upon themselves to do what was right in their own eyes, to do what it is that they wanted to do, to live how they wanted to live, abandoning God's laws and embracing their own idea of of freedom. They abandoned God's laws. The Israelites, once you, once you, 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 so to speak, free yourself from healthy living, you're free to pursue your own destruction. That's what Israel does. They free themselves to, to pursue their own destruction. And if you've ever experienced something within your own life that you can mirror this with, you realize that's not freedom at all. It's actually a sad reality. This creeps into America. This creeps into our context today. Uh, we talk a lot about freedom. But the sad, sad thing is that freedom too often is misconstrued, misconstrued and miscommunicated. It's misunderstood. And we end up defining freedom like this. I can do whatever it is I want. You can do whatever it is that you want as long as no one gets hurt, right? 
You can do whatever you want. You can behave and live however you want. And I'm going to behave and live however I want as long as no one gets hurt. Because, you know, that's, you know, as long as no one gets hurt, it's okay. And that's why it's okay to text and drive, right? Every teenager is like, yeah, text and drive, right? No, no, it's not okay. But that's what we think. That's the way we operate. We say, yeah, no, it's okay. I should be free to do what I want to do as long as nobody gets hurt. And so I'm, I should be free to text and drive as much as I want, however I want, whenever I want, with whoever I want, as long as nobody gets hurt. I'm just like the video with the phone. It's okay. I can look at whatever I want to look at. I can do whatever I want to do. It's okay. As long as nobody gets hurt, right? Telling a dirty joke. It's okay. It's no big deal. It's all right. As long as nobody gets hurt, why should it matter? We actually perceive that as freedom. That it's okay as long as nobody gets hurt. When we embrace this idea that it's okay as long as nobody gets hurt, what we are in actuality doing, we are lowering our standards of morality. We are giving up on this idea that we can aspire to be something greater, something more. We are simply saying, you know what? You know, God's way of living, this healthy living, I'm not going to shoot for that. Heck, I'm not even going to shoot for decent. Just decent human being? Nah. I'm, gonna, I'm going bottom of the barrel. As long as nobody gets hurt, it's cool with me. And we lower our aspirations of who we are and what we can be and end up settling with this idea that everything is okay and permissible as long as nobody gets hurt. I think the way, when I, when I sit down and I, I think about this, what, what, what I'm really doing when I embrace that idea, what I'm really doing when, when I agree with that, what I'm really doing is I'm saying, what can I get away with? Right? That's what you're really saying. What can I get away with? Why should I? You, know, you, are, you are knowingly saying, I am going to reject who I could be. I'm not going to aspire to be someone who is great, someone who makes a difference in this world. I'm going to reject this, this, this person of character, this person of integrity. If you're a Christian, I'm going to reject that to which Christ calls me, that which Christ is trying to do in me. I'm not going to bother with any of that. And instead, I'm going to settle. I'm going to compromise. I'm going to let my life be the bottom of the barrel. I'm going to see what I can get away with. And my new standard of morality is simply, it's okay as long as nobody gets hurt. And that's what we do. We actually do that. We think that it's okay as long as nobody gets hurt. When you, when you do this, if you ever come up against this, if you've ever heard someone come up against, you know, say this to you, if you've ever experienced this, you, you might have. When we lower our standards of morality and, and when we choose to do that, it's no wonder 
that chaos and pain, hurt and frustration are part of our lives. Like, really? What would you expect? <laughs> if, the goal, if your new standard of living is, I'm going to do whatever I want to do as long as nobody gets hurt, is it any surprise that chaos and hurt always shows up? I mean, that's what the book of Judges is trying to tell you. That's one of the big things the book of Judges is trying to get you to understand is that when you choose to do this, you should not be surprised that if you invite pain, if you invite poor, through poor decisions, if you invite chaos and hurt into your life, that's what will show up. Don't be surprised by that. Don't be shocked by that. And there's this idea that, you know, as long as no one gets hurt, hurt does come. If, if you choose to embrace that saying, you should know hurt's going to come. Hurt will be a part of it. And you know this. You have experienced this yourselves. Um, you can't understand the full scope of your consequences when you've done something. We can't see all the ripple effects, right? When we make a decision and we choose to have that, a decision that's kind of a lower standard of morality, there are consequences to those decisions. And you can't always see all of those consequences. You ever had the cold shoulder treatment? Right? You ever get that before? You ever done that to somebody before? <laughs> Guilty. Right? And you're like, why aren't you talking to me? What's up, man? What's the big deal? And they're mad at you, and you didn't even know about it. You had no clue. You didn't know that they were mad about that thing that you had said. And you thought it was okay because, you know, it's no big deal as long as nobody gets hurt. Oh, yeah, but this person was hurt by it. And you couldn't see it. Hurt will always follow that. It'll be a part of it, even if you can't see it right away. Here's another big thing. You should know hurt and chaos and pain can be passed down generationally. If you have parent, if you, if you are a parent, you should know the decisions that you make. If you choose to be your own moral compass and, and do what you want, how you want, when you want, with who you want, because it's okay as long as nobody gets hurt, that will impact your children. I'll give you an example. It's okay for me to sit every day, all day, in front of the TV. And it's okay that my child just goes and plays and does whatever they want because I'm going to do whatever I want and my spouse can do whatever they want. That's all right. I don't, as long as nobody gets hurt, as long as the kid doesn't tumble down the stairs or stick his head in the oven or something, it's cool, whatever. I'm going to just sit and I'm going to watch TV because that's what I want to do. As long as the kid doesn't get hurt. And we compartmentalize hurt. We, we, we define hurt as this idea of like physical pain, right? But we all know there's more than just physical pain. That child is going to grow up with emotional and, and spiritual pain that's a part of their lives. You don't need to be a Christian to figure this out. If you're not a Christian, you totally understand this too. That there are consequences to our decisions. And when we choose to live a lower lifestyle, hurt, chaos, and pain will follow even if we can't always see it at the same time. By the way, you're going to end up hurting yourself. You know that? If you, choose to li if you choose to do that, you end up experiencing hurt yourself, right? If you choose to, to embrace this and you say, you know what? I'm going to drink as many beers as I want 
as often as I want, however I want, as long as nobody gets hurt, because I'm free to do it. Because <laughs> I'm my own man, and I'm my own person, and I can do what I want. As long as nobody gets hurt, it's okay. So you have those beers night in and night out, night in and night out, as many as you want. That which began as an expression of freedom ends up chaining you, becomes up binding you. And you wake up one day and you realize you are not free. In fact, that which you thought was freedom has now turned into a chain, a ball and chain that you are hooked to and you can't free yourself from. God warns us about this. God's up front with us about this. And he says, look, I love you. I care about you. So I want what's best for you. I don't want you to settle in your life. I want you to be the person that you can be. I want you to inspire others and make a difference in this world and impact and live in a way that reflects my love and my glory, live in a way that honors me, so that you can be the, the greatest person you can be and not settle for something less. The uh, irony in all of this, and the book of Judges points it out, you know, when, when we choose to ignore the rules and, you know, do what we want, as long as nobody gets hurt, you know, <laughs> you always end up asking for help in the end anyways, Right? So, so when, you, when, when dad told you not to do that thing, but you did it, you, 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 you know what I'm talking about. When you, dad said, don't do that, trust me, <laughs> don't do that, it ain't going to be good when you do that, and then you do it. And then you pick up the phone, dad, I did it, okay, I'm coming, Right? Mom said, don't hang out with that guy. Don't, be, don't hang out with that guy. Don't spend time with him. Mom's wife. Honey, please don't do that. It's not, you got to trust me on this. I'm free to do what I want. We do that. And then all of a sudden at 3 a.m., Mom! Right? We end out crying out for help. Because we experience, wow, you know what? Yeah, there were consequences to the decisions I made. And chaos and pain is a part of this now. When you settle for that lower lifestyle, we end up crying out for help anyways. So don't abandon it in the first place. This is what God experiences over and over. The people of Israel, when they experience that chaos and hurt, they cry out to God, God, help us and save us. One of the incredible things about the book of Judges that the book of Judges wants you to know and understand is that God will deliver. God is that loving parent who will show up at the police station late at night and pick you up and take care of you. God is that parent who will come alongside you when you're in a situation you don't want to be in, and he'll pick you up, and he'll bind your wounds, and he'll begin the healing process with you because he loves you and he cares about you just as he does for the people of Israel. And so time and time again, he comes to us and he delivers us. 
That's the kind of God that we have. That's one of the things Judges wants you to know. You have a God who is so dedicated to you. A God who so desires you to be that person that you can be that he will over and over and over again come alongside you, rescue you, deliver you, and and hopefully inspire you to live a way that reflects his love and goodness in this world. God never said to lower your standards to this idea that it's okay as long as nobody gets hurt. No, no. God says, I love you. I care about you, and I want what's best for you. So go be the person that you can be living in relationship with me. I will always be there. I will always deliver. As as you stumble and fall, I'll pick you up again. As you and I together embrace the person that I created you to be. With that, let's pray. Heavenly Father, we confess to you too often. We abandon what you desire for us in our lives and in this world. Too often we get distracted or dissuade or we tell ourselves that it's okay and we settle. And we do so by saying it's okay as long as nobody gets hurt. We confess that to you. And we ask that you would deliver us from those moments of our error. Be that loving God that we know you are. Be the loving God that you have revealed to us in the Son, Jesus Christ. Help us know your deliverance this day, that we might be the people you have called us to be. Lead us with your grace and your goodness into being those God-honoring people. We ask and pray this, Jesus, in your holy name. Amen.